0: Boris and Michi are not essential. Broadcasting from Essex, it's the 12th of October, and you're listening to Salonomics. The Bitcoin price is currently $57,500. One dollar gets you 1739 satoshis. I am your host Aaron Dawn, and joining me once again from North London is my hair Chris Eubank. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Eubank, why Chris Eubank? Uh, he's trending on Twitter, mate, and he's trending on Twitter because, um, uh, I don't know, you know, once again, I really should uh, do some research before. I um, start yeah. the show. But anyway, how are you, Joe? What have you been up to? I'm pretty good, mate. Pretty good. Uh,
1: I'm I beginning to sort of think that summer's over now, winter's round the corner, and I really don't like, don't like this cold weather. Just walking out, taking the dogs out for a walk this morning, as per usual. I was thinking, this is it now. I've got six months of this miserable weather to look forward to. I know,
0: I know. Do you know it's, what quite, I mean? it's quite depressing, isn't it? Um, it's um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely. Although we, you know, we've we've had like five days with zero rain here, so I don't know what that means. Uh, I guess it's something to do with climate change, right?
1: Yeah, it's something to do with climate change. Apparently, there's too many cars. I think I don't know. Whatever hours. Yes. Whatever it is, yeah. It's like Britain. I've, I've no idea.
0: Oh yeah. But anyway, maybe maybe their message is getting heard. I don't know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Bloody batch of hypocrites, that's all I've gotta
0: say. Exactly. Exactly. So then it's um so what we're gonna talk about today then, mate?
1: Well you've got some um, you you've got some topics to talk about today, haven't you? Well I have, yeah. yeah, yeah. I have
0: really. Um I want to discuss the subject of marketing is everything. Uh, And I have a very intriguing uh, under the bus as well that hopefully will tie it all together. Um, So, yeah, I mean,
1: so when you say marketing, right? I mean, my my experience of marketing is you could, you know, it. a specific target a specific a specific audience or or just a, a general um, get your name out there type of marketing or awareness type of marketing I mean when you say marketing there's so many areas isn't there it's so there's so many techniques there's so many um, formats you can use I mean is there anything specific that you want to an area that you want to target or just generally
0: well I like the idea of you know by being good at marketing uh, means that you're you don't have to sell Um, you know it's the psychological impact of um, selling a a desire that the customer already needs do you know what I mean so I know I know there's very there's a a lot of people in the hair and beauty industry now which and, and, and I make them right as well they don't want to sell products for example and sometimes you know using social media they don't necessarily want to sell themselves you know they don't even want to sell their own you know services sometimes um yeah so i just wondered if you anymore. had any uh, any thoughts about that and you know if you could share anything that you used to do
1: um well, yeah I, I think any hello in our industry any hairdresser of a certain level right won't have time for marketing because he, he's actually marketing himself anyway because every time he does a client that is his audience okay that's still direct marketing the way I would look at him and his job right is to sort of like satisfy the customer's needs the, the client's needs and in turn they will sort of tell their friends and their friends intel would tell their friends so it's it's a it's a it's an ongoing cycle of recommendations okay and in before the um, internet that's that's what we knew it, yeah it's it's the, the most important person was the person in front of you and then you you saw like, you you saw push that not push pushing aside aside but you let her go and then you deal with the next client and then so on forth so you're constantly marketing yourself directly and as the birth of the internet sort of became stronger and stronger and stronger, and then you got the product companies becoming more and more vocal and more influential in the business. I think what happened was, was that not so much the hairdresser, but more the selling owners were taking, putting the pressure on the hairdressers to start selling indirectly as well, using the internet, using outside influences, all these kind of things. Now, what COVID, uh, I mean for me I never fell for that because I was I'm old school that I was believed direct marketing and I think what happened also with COVID what COVID did expose was the flaws in this um, market uh, this uh, technique the sad thing is they're still doing it they haven't learned nothing from from what the, the COVID exposed them right the flaws of so sort of, like the market because it's all everything's so localized now aren't they so restriction of movement is very paramount now right? Really. people that don't want to travel and yet there's still a lot of noise out there in terms of sort of like selling themselves they're selling themselves to an audience which really have no chance okay they can fantasize they can wish they can design they can say if i got the money if i got the time they could ask they could ask all these questions to themselves but given the, given that moment, right, they won't go to that salon. So again, I I think the 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 hairdressers are missing a trick here by not concentrating on their own clients and building that clientele di- directly. That that to me is the best form of marketing, really, because it's real, it's tangible, and, it, and it's instant rather than um, you, you sort of like, you spread your uh, gospel you, you preach your god you're preaching your your um your products and everything and you're hoping whereas the person in front of you is your captive audience and it's for me that, that was far more beneficial and also i think more satisfying okay and you get a much better um response i'm so like say, say mrs smith yeah this chapel blah blah i mean would you like to buy it? Um, um, I think about it. Okay, no problem. Do, do you know what I mean? Because you're not forcing it. Now it's better sort of to get that kind of response than just keep plowing, 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 endless, endless hours and time, money into something that people must say, "Yeah, I
0: might buy it." Really, I mean, for me, I'd, do, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think, I think. Yeah, I, I want to touch on a couple of points there. Like you said, you know, obviously people are using uh, the the cracks have kind of formed because people have, are so heavily reliant on social media um, yeah. for their advertising. Because I think this is the point, isn't it? There is a difference between marketing and advertising. So marketing is is kind of the message that you're putting out there, whereas advertising is actually responsible for getting it in front of people. Um, right. So so I think they're both. They're both like obviously you, you talked about direct marketing, but I think that's that's a technique of advertising, isn't it? You're going direct to your local yeah. consumer. Um kind of A bit thing. like
1: the old days, the uh, the Avon or the um the, the sort of door to door salesman type of thing, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um I guess. I, I don't know. I mean look, I'm I'm not an expert in this field at all, so don't quote me on any of this. I've just hmm. read a lot of books and but, uh, watched a lot of podcasts recently. Um, and yeah, marketing is really about solving solving the problem and, 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 and emoting a, a message or getting across an irrefutable argument. That okay, you know, so, no so, really so, solving your
1: problem, what? okay, so, sorry to interrupt, there's solving a problem, right? A market is solving a problem. So, why do hairdressers, right, think that they market themselves, uh, so of social media to a, a wide a worldwide audience so what they're trying to what, what are they saying there what they're trying to solve a haircut a shampoo a, a straightening technique i mean what are they trying to solve then well they're supposed you to sell
0: well i think aren't they supposed to sell the experience right you know you two right. can have your wonderful hair like this in a location that looks like this and you know, that's that's why all of these elements of someone's social media page are quite, you know, important. You know, having the location, having the staff, having friendly faces, all of that kind of thing is supposed to build into that. But I, I, I suppose the difficulty comes when, when there's so many people out there selling books on how to use social media. Yeah, yeah. yeah it gets yeah. so saturated. People get like this fatigue from it all and... I mean I, I don't know about you but when was the last time you saw a be- like a picture of a haircut or hairstyle that that, that made you take notice i haven't i
1: see i see it in the streets i mean i've I seen I, I think we talked about it in the previous show during the during the covid lockdown right where people have been cutting their own hair and i see some of the most amazing haircuts some amazing colors all mm-hmm. home jobs as well i mean so and, and, and again right it's something that i never ever took um took took uh, to kindly with someone someone came in and said i want a haircut like this or a hairstyle like this right because for me that is a one second hairstyle all right you know picture chick, that's it mm. you know do you know what i mean uh, after that the person moves it becomes a different look so i never really took um i actually took it as an insult that a client would come to me and sort of say this is what i want well it's, it's undermining my ability to, to um to suggest or or to um encourage a client a, a look you can use it as a guideline 100 percent, right or, you know that's sort said Joe you know I, I wouldn't mind a hairstyle similar to this I can understand that but when they say I, w- I want this then it, it's it's kind of insulting really yeah that's the that's how I saw it so I really never ever and not forget, I was taught this as well. Yeah, again, old school t- uh, training that we we, we never actually saw sort of like uh, took um, to um, a client bringing a good picture to sort of replicate. You just can't do it. you just go the client's gonna be disappointed, and then you're gonna and you'd be upset. not upset like emotionally upset but you'd be upset because you didn't make a card happy mm. it's as simple as that and you, you're not gonna and you're not gonna win it's a no win-win situation and how many times Rob, have you been to a salon where in a, in the reception area they've got a book of hairstyles yeah yeah uh, people could flick through i i never had that never had that and i, I would never have it mm. as simple as that
0: yeah it's interesting really. isn't it it is interesting yeah. that how your, your philosophy when it comes to all of this is probably completely polar opposite of pretty much every new person that's coming into the industry now. Because obviously, I, I, I think the one thing that um, stood out to me is if we look at like Instagram and how it has created or attracted so many new people to the industry is the marketing aspect of it was lifestyle. What hairdressing, uh, I guess the creative industry, what it gives you, it does give you a certain sense of lifestyle and a certain lifestyle that can't be appreciated by people in the nine to five jobs mm-hmm. or working in offices. Do you know what I mean? It mm. so I. It's think a fantasy. Is it, is it? Is it selling a fantasy?
1: Is it a dream
0: type of thing? No, I'm, no, it's not a fantasy, is it? Because I mean, you've if you, your your life isn't a fantasy. You know, your your career's taken you all over the world, hasn't it? So, what I'm yeah, what I'm but trying... but I never but I never had Instagram, and I,
1: it was it was never sugar coated, was it? It was it was actually quite raw. Yeah, but I'm
0: not saying know? that. No, I'm not saying that. Yeah. Look, look, Let me get my point yeah. across, and then yeah, you'll understand where I'm going <laughs> yeah, with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason why Instagram became such a spokes uh, piece for our industry and it be- and it got so many thousands tens of thousands of people into hairdressing as an industry across the world is because of its its impact or like its visual impact you know there was a uh, You know, it wasn't necessarily the haircuts that people were doing. It was the people that were doing the haircuts. They were the stars of the channel, do you know what I mean? And that's what brought so many people into the industry because they were, I want to be like them. I don't think it necessarily was a thing of, I want to do that haircut, do you know what I mean? It wasn't a case of someone came in and went, oh, wow, I would love to do that haircut. I think the, the marketing aspect was... I want to be like them that person that, right yes yes so, so it wasn't it,
1: it wasn't it wasn't a, a sort of like a, there was no journey to it yeah.
0: it was more like because because yeah. what what were those people Instant. showing in the early days of Instagram they weren't necessarily showing hundreds of haircuts they were showing look at me I'm I'm over here I'm doing this shoot I'm on location I'm in the barbershop I've got massive tattoos you know, I've got piercings in my face, and I can do this stuff and work and be creative without having to conform. Do you know what I mean? I think we're going through this mm. this time of, you know, inclusion, diversity, you know, whatever woke phrases you want to call, you want to call it. But I think people were right. attracted to that side of it. I think that was the beautiful thing of marketing hairdressing was
1: it was it would you say freedom it gave it gave them the freedom to express themselves totally Totally. whereas people have been suffocated
0: for quite a time and you know for me i mean that's why i i fell out of love with instagram in the end because remember did i tell you that little anecdote about the instagram founders the people that invented instagram obviously were then bought by facebook uh, and the founders joined, you know, the, the board of Facebook. So they could still have some element of control on to how yeah. the well, it's, Instagram it's, it's their baby, worked.
1: it's their project, yeah. Uh, it was okay. about three or four
0: yeah. years ago that the founders finally resigned from the Facebook board because they really, dis- you know, they really didn't like what Instagram had become. Uh, and the easiest way that... The, 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 easiest, the simplest way that he described it was, you know, Instagram was developed to take pictures of amazing things, to share amazing images, whereas the Facebook model for Instagram had everyone turning the phones on themselves and it then became a selfie phenom- phenomenon. Do you know what I mean? And so, I, I, like I say, I just find it interesting um, how that he's kind of... Um, his philosophy and, and what he wanted to create then turned 360 or sorry it went then went turned 180 and went completely the opposite direction to, to how he you know he envisaged it so you know everything well, yeah, is
1: I, I, yeah, I, it, it, it's, it, well it's, it's quite ruthless um boardroom tactics really so like you, you know you buy a company and and you sort of say yeah 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 we keep it as it is and then you slowly um mm. so sort of like constructively get rid of the um, the founding members and uh, you take over the the whole thing i mean elon musk did that with tesla right <laughs> you know what i mean people think uh you musk was a, it was the creator of tesla he wasn't he he bought shares of tesla and eventually constructively got rid of the uh, the founding members yeah and, and people now associated with, yeah yeah so it's, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's quite interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, get, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. So,
0: it. yeah, no, that's that's the only thing I wanted to I wanted to draw. Uh, what, you know, uh, just thinking about, like, you know, what lessons we can learn kind of going forwards because I had a message from a good friend of mine this morning, another one that's uh, left Facebook, I think, for good. Um, and this is the problem with advertising models. I think you had a lot of the Apple board all... Oh, um, predicting 10 years ago that Facebook would run into this problem because they they relied on advertisers whereas now Facebook ...has pretty much gone and broken itself. I mean, Facebook as a platform, in my opinion, after... You know, what we all want collectively, I I believe, is we want more social media outages... ...so people can get back to the real world and and living in in it. Um, But that's by the by. But they predicted Facebook would have this problem with advertisers... ...because obviously as advertisers become such an important part of Facebook's business... The whole reason that the users got on board, which was the connectivity, has been lost. And someone I met the other day um, tells me they've got 120,000 people on their Facebook page, but it's sitting there useless because it gets zero engagement unless you pay Facebook for that engagement. So this idea of virality, this idea of... You know, kind of sharing stuff online has been so controlled by big tech that I, I just think they're irreversibly broken. Uh, and, you know, this is why we pivoted to Telegram very early on, Joe Mehmet, because Telegram is much more about its users and there's no advertising on Telegram, but it pretty much can facilitate all of the messages or, or the attention that you need to get from a certain audience. So, I, I,
1: think, I think the, the problem with sort of Facebook was that it, it was valued at such a number, wasn't it? You know, for something that really never sold anything, it was valued at X, at X number, right? And in order well, for it's, it's valued, sort of yeah, because it's a network,
0: yeah. isn't it? And a network yeah. is valued by the, its number of users, right? So this, That's right. This, and, it, once and, again, and look, this is another modern phenomenon. You know, businesses yeah. used to be measured in how much profit and how much turnover they would That's do. That's right. right. What came what came out, exactly. Yeah, but in, uh, what, since 2003, what three, since social media became a thing, you know, uh, businesses have been measured in audience numbers and 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 networks. And and this goes back to my point of you know, Instagram and Facebook likes and followers are a currency in today's society because. I was asked to work this weekend at Salon International, actually go and actually go and do a demo. Uh, and when I asked, well, asked the go for a budget, uh, no, this was um, this was me as as Aaron Dawn hair as a hairdresser. Okay. I was asked, yeah, I was asked right. to go and do some, um, you know, work on stage, do some demos, you know, to try and entice engagement and people to come to the stand. Um, and I said, yeah, no, I don't mind doing that at all. You know, do you have a budget for me? And the person asked me, um, "Can I ask what's the budget for?" To which I obviously had to reply, "Well, as much as I would love standing at your on your stage and doing hair for you for free all day, this is kind of my living. It's kind of what I do for a job. Do you know what I mean?" But it, it was is, that, it yeah. was that assumption that what do I need a budget for? Do you know what i mean it's going to be fun right and you're going to be there and it's it, going to be opportunity and you're going to get some photos taken of you and you may get a few more it's a, of subscribe. it's the it,
1: biggest scam in our industry i think this <laughs> is where the industry is really really disgusting because you're not the only one they do it too and there's a lot of people who fall for it too there, yeah. there really is unscrupulous yeah. uh, people really. yeah I mean oh, it's, they- it's
0: it's been a race to Go. a bottom uh, race at the bottom for a long time and I remember back in I think it was 2008 I was involved in a Facebook group which was uh, which um, included lots of session hair and makeup artists and it was basically the name of the group was we shall not work for free
1: that's right that's right. I remember you did that Actually, Do yes. you remember and yes. and the yes. whole
0: movement was because You know, 2008 there was the financial crisis, Um, everyone's budgets got cut in half, so obviously it then became a little bit of a game theory, it became a bit of a tactic of production companies to see who they could get to do the job for free and accept advertising or accept sponsors from brands. And what you had was a complete decimation of the entire session industry for probably three or four years where there was a race to the bottom the the big players the big players could you know they they were still doing work for the the multi you know multi corporations the giant brands they didn't really see much of a decline in their salaries but obviously there was an entire group of session hair and makeup artists whose whose salaries basically got cut in half. Over the next two, yeah. three years, and then after five or six years, their salaries just got completely decimated because there is no budget to go and work backstage at London well, Fashion well, Week the, anymore.
1: Well, There's no the budget. I,
0: yeah,
1: I, I, I sort of one, one of the biggest scams, yeah, I, I, I saw. One the biggest I came across, right? Mm. You know, and and you know, I've got a very good friend. who's a top of the grade. has got nothing to do with him because he's always been very honest with me. Mm. But I've, I've sort of worked with. Him. Was was the these. um these advertiser campaigns, right? You know, and the photographer would get X amount of money, and he he would get his team, right? You know, mm. he would try and keep as much money himself and give very little out from yeah. that budget, and and he would always always get makeup artists or hairdresser free. And when yeah, I found no, this right. out, many many yeah. many many years ago. I said, so do you, not? you know? I mean, it's not something mm. that I mean, I don't really have much editorial work as you know, and I, and I sort of don't have much um, sort of catwalk work. I've, I have done them all, right? Yeah. Uh, but again, every time I employ you, or I employ Clifford or or, or likes, right, I pay for it. Do you
0: know yeah. what I mean? And I, yeah, I'm yeah, very totally. honest. But yeah, but no, you, our industry's
1: yeah.
0: No, I was going to say, yeah, that's so true because what. what yes it didn't take long though did it do you know what i mean i i I mean i've been part of an industry which has seen this firsthand and have suffered at the hands of it um you know there was this perfect storm of technology was overtaken when i first got into doing session hairdressing, joe you know it was it was on film you know they would take polaroids Mm. and they would have to shoot film that's right but by 2008 the technology had kind of come on enough that Everyone was shooting digitally, so you imagine you've got a budget to produce photographs. So certain amount goes to the photographer, certain amount goes on film, certain amount goes on hiring studio, certain amount goes on hair, certain amount goes on makeup, certain amount goes on styling. Then you bring in this next, uh, this next segment of of professional, and I've got no grudges against any of these people. Some of these people are the most creative and talented people I know. Um, But then you've got the retouchers. And then you've got those people that have to then take those digital images and then enhance them for billboards and and whatnot. So that budget is then going to get split. That piece of the pie is then going to get split again. But then what happened over time, obviously, is the photographers learned how to do the retouching. So they then kind of, you know, they then push the the editors on the retouchers out. Do you know what I mean? So they could could extract the maximum value out of it. So there was... um, There was uh, something that happened in 2008 which completely changed the industry forever. And, And now we're in 2021 where to go to the biggest trade show exhibition they are literally taking people for free. And yet these brands have got some of the most, the biggest budgets and the most money out of any single, you know, out, out of all the companies well, in the world. Well, how beauty do you think they made their money? How do they you know, yeah. because well, they, they, by they, they... By taking advantage, by taking advantage of the, yeah, the, yeah. the people at the bottom. Like I say, there was At the beginning. At, at the beginning. At the beginning. At the, the, beginning, yeah, at the, the beginning. beginning. And, and yeah. now this is the norm. And even though we yeah. warned, we warned everyone about it, stop working for free because eventually, you know, nobody would get paid for any of this stuff. I think we are now in that paradigm. Um, and we have been in that paradigm for a few years. You know, now and, the only people think... getting jobs have a giant YouTube channel. That the only people getting yeah. work have is based and, on and whether I... they've got Instagram followers. You know, it's all about well, audience now, mate. So the bigger and, your and audience, the... You got, the more value you got
1: well I, th- I think the, the 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 hairdresser is scared of missing out as well right you know ha- you know it's so all like doing something for nothing will give them a story but doesn't it there's, there's, it's a yeah. story they can sort of post right yeah. I mean, which which unfortunately it gets there's so much of it on social media now right that like it actually doesn't mean anything for, for I mean for me it doesn't impress me at all uh, the, the the sad thing that I find with our industry is that why do uh, salons right think they, they need a marketing expert or an advertising expert or like uh, why do they think they need to do this is it because they're not very good at their job you know, you know this is a question i keep asking myself if you're very good at your, your job and you've got a clientele you could build on that just naturally organically so if a salon right, has to spend oh they've got a budget to spend on, on all these other areas, right? Is it because they're not very good? That's the question mm. that I, I keep asking myself. And, and I've got to sort of say they're not. No. <laughs> they I, I, I,
0: yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's because it's they're not very good. I just think it, there's this collective brainwashing of this is the only only thing you can do now. Do you know what I mean? Uh, that What you just said then actually just reminded me of, of something. So if you know whose fault it is. I should add him into my under the bus. It's Paul Hogan's fault. Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> Why? F- well, let me... So the first <laughs> example I have got of somebody trying to convince somebody to do something for free was that... So do you remember Crocodile Dundee? So obviously... Oh, he's, yeah, he's, I like that he's go, Yeah, his girlfriend gets kidnapped and he has to go and rescue, rescue her. I had a
1: second one. That was a second one. From- Crocodile Dundee too, the second one. Was it the second the one? the first
0: one. No, sorry, yeah, the yeah, second she... one. The one where he was in New York, right? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Cro- Crocodile Dundee 2. And basically, there was a bunch of uh, Hell's Angels, weren't there, that he had to convince to go and help him, you know, go and, go and rescue yeah. her. And basically, they obviously all wanted money. Of course they wanted money. They wanted beer money and, and whatnot. But he convinced yeah. him, so what did you do last night? He was like, oh, we did nothing. He basically sold them, well when someone asks you that question tomorrow you'll be able to tell them what you did tonight kind of thing and that's that in a nutshell is basically we've all been brainwashed or or the next generation my generation have been brainwashed by crocodile dundee jesus yeah yeah. well did you think the uh, the advertising man got got that i'll I'll, I'll use that clip (laughs) i use that maybe maybe god that's just come to me
1: yeah good shout good shout um yes
0: anyway let's move on because like i say i think marketing is something that's very very powerful um and i wanted to do some uh marketing this weekend while i am at salon international uh you're coming with me as well aren't you you're going to be there on sunday 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 Sunday, okay all right well um so have you heard of a dude called dude with a sign I've heard of him, but I haven't heard him for a long time. What's yeah. happened okay. to him? Well, no, no. So he's, he's got about 8 million followers on Instagram. And he, his basic premise for anyone uh, out there that's not seen him, he's just a guy, stands on street corner, he holds up a bit of cardboard, which can say something relatable, sometimes profound, never really controversial, um, you know, but just something that we can all, like, under our breath, kind of go, hmm. Yeah I agree with that Do you know what I mean Like I saw saw one on his feed the other day Was stop making me accept cookies Which right. I think pretty much 100% of people can agree That every website you go to It comes up Oh do you accept cookies Do you know what I mean That That's what it's a reference yeah, yeah. to So I had this idea Right Shall I kind of take that element Of holding up a sign But shall I make it a little bit more controversial, i.e. like a bit more guerrilla marketing by actually referencing Can can you define
1: guerrilla marketing to to our listeners, please?
0: Uh, Guerrilla marketing, Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not as in like the big monkey, the big primate. I'm talking about guerrilla as in like guerrilla warfare, Um, Che Guevara and all that. I'm talking about in... No, kind of, yeah, kind of no rules. No rules marketing, bit right? More, it's a bit more yeah, aggressive. Little, aggressive. It, yeah, it's a little yeah. bit more punk. It's a bit more yeah. punk. It's a bit more agitate, you know. It's it's a bit more kind of, you know, agit-prop, basically. Mm. Um, yeah. Provoc- like an agent provocateur, you know, kind of thing. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah. So, rather than... So, basically, what I noticed about his thing is, yeah, he's just doing it on a random street corner. There's no real kind of location element to the sign he's holding up, right? How about if I go to Salon and I go and provoke the certain stands with what it said on the sign? So, for example, right, if Hair and Barber Council were there, I'd hold up a sign that says, keep politics out of hairdressing. And I'll just stand in front of their stand holding this sign up and get a picture of it. Right. F- I right. mean... Is that do you think that'd work as a, as a message? I mean, the only reason why I want to do it is I just want to get me and Go Salon out there. It's not necessarily me as a human because I'm, I'm going to be wearing a mask, I'll wear sunglasses right. as the, well. Do you so know what so I mean? So
1: I know someone would know who you are, I mean, Yeah, the, the thing that I look, I think there's a lot of politics
0: in our industry
1: unnecessary politics in our industry as as we discussed
0: in various shows and we still are discussing yeah but this, isn't talk, is, there, this, this is about the marketing aspect do you think, do yeah, you but, think but that I get some sort of, traction I,
1: I, I don't think they'll understand it though they, they, you know it might just sort of get them curious Maybe. but would they understand it alright
0: here's, here's one that they'll understand I've got one for you how about I just stand at the entrance to Salon International holding up a sign that says Boris and Rishi are non-essential.
1: Yeah, or oh, Boris and Rishi are not your friends, <laughs> or no, oh, B-I-S is not your friends, blah, 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 blah. I suppose, uh, yeah, uh, it, it's, it's quite sublime, sub- uh, isn't it, The uh, the messaging, isn't it? Do you yeah. think you're sort of overthinking it slightly? I
0: don't think I am I know what you're saying. It. I don't think I am. I think, like I say, I think it's, it's about getting the right message across. So I, I've got a few. Let right. me let me give you a few examples, right? Go on. I'll give you a few examples. Right, so, um, for example, if I stood in front of a software company, held up a sign, online booking doesn't work. Yeah. No? All right. How about, yep. I st- how about I stand in front of I don't know. I'm not sure who's going to be there, but for example, I stood in front of L'Oreal, and I went, "This is cheaper on the internet." Yep. Or,
1: or oh, like, oh, you could get oh, uh, those you know alternative shampoo type of thing. Yeah, that could work. That yeah. Work. Oh, what about this? What cause... about this one?
0: Brands don't pay your VAT
1: that is that's a good one because it's direct it's 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 a it's a, it's a message that people relate to doesn't it you know Boris and Johnson and non-essential people think well, what's the all about you know what I mean This that and, unless you continue with it all the time so if it's a bit more people more spontaneous and don't forget hairdressers they're not cryptic in their um, thinking you know they they their mind works very very so sort of directly so if, if the no is i know that dire- no. i know that
0: but that's why i, I that's why i've got a you know i've got to throw some stuff at the fan right you know because yeah, one of them yeah. one of them could resonate the, if i if i if that, i had that. enough ideas um like for example but, but what's your objective though my object this is just to just to get people talking just to get wow. you know, just to just to start the conversation. Hopefully well, they'll, su- or, 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 Hopefully yeah. I I won't get banned from salon again. Like they tried to do. Do you to,
1: do you want to tell your audiences
0: about that? What
1: say that again? Um, do you want to tell Do you want to tell people why you got banned?
0: No, I mean no, I've got banned on social media. no. That's for another. No that's, that's that, no, that's for another show. I'll, I'll deal with that All in right. due course. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I could hold up a placard that says "Charge what you're worth." Yeah,
1: you know that's a good I, one. That's you know, right. I could that's hold right. up a placard
0: yeah. outside. Um, you know, saying "Stop giving your details away." You know, as a as a direct response to the fact that everyone needs a QR code to enter Excel. Uh, This weekend. Um, Oh really? Well,
1: double jabbed. If you're not double jabbed, you can't get in.
0: I I think you can. I think you can because you're double jabbed. Um, But I think you need to. uh, You might need to show a PCR, a a lateral flow test. Anyway, I I didn't want to go there on that because I think all that's a load of, load of old nonsense. But you know. Needs must when when they when they realise that this is the worst show ever, like in terms of numbers, like the the fewest amount of numbers turned up to a show ever. I think they will probably have to rethink their their policies going forwards. But um, all right. How about this one? Charge brands for bombarding your clients. Oh, well, well, I'm an advocate for that, mate. I agree yeah. with that. Charge, charge brands hey just up. to sort of advertise. Here's uh, here's another one. No clients ever came to my shop because of the brand I use. Yep. Like I say, Brands I think are, I yeah. think I think there's a few of these that I can work on. Anyway, just let me know yeah, if that's de- a yeah, good de- idea. Uh, if you've got any suggestions out there, anything that's kind of like I say, it's kind of a subtle bugbear that people don't talk about, and you want me to, I don't know, make one of these signs, put it out there. Like I say, I think I think. I've only ever been good at guerrilla marketing, Joe. I've only ever been good at antagonising and, you know, provo- provocation. Yeah. Um, but I think in today's society... It continue with it. Con- continue in today's it. society, I think marketing is everything. And I think the gloves have to come off at some point. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The gloves have to. Because otherwise the entire industry, as we've discussed in previous shows, is finished. <laughs> Go Salon automates your retail process. We connect you and your client to a distributor online that will fulfill your order and send it direct to your customer. This enables all of our users to earn commission without any extra work. It's that simple. Sign up today go salon.uk. I've got a announcement to make. I've got some competition winners. So, as you know, Joe Mehmet, um, we are hosting... Hosting, is that the right word? We are kind of doing a bit of a competition for, um, for Norman Ellis. He's got a, a local show in Essex that's going to be happening on November the 1st. And he's given us five pairs of tickets to give away. Um, this show is in Chelmsford on Monday the 1st of November. It starts at 6.30pm at the Lion Inn. And essentially it's Paul Fultrick up on stage. There's g- going to be some other guests as well. But, you know, it's just a great, great way for hairdressers to get back in the environment of sharing and networking. And, you know, just being outside again in environments where we can all get in the same room, room together. So what's not to like about that? Anyway, we do have a um, winner. Uh, we've got um, Leanne Oxlade and Samantha Hurst. They have won a pair of tickets. So, well done to you guys. And they entered simply by going on the Salonomics chat. Uh, down- they downloaded Telegram. They found, they searched for Salonomics. They joined the channel and they commented on a feed. And they got a free, tickets, free pair of tickets that's worth £50. Fantastic. So, um, well done. So well done, so- girls. So, perfect. Thank you for that. Um, anyway, Joe, um, let's move on. Next. Are you going to throw under the bus? Right. Uh, under the bus today. Right, i got a clip. Um, i got a clip that I want to play you. Is that all right? Go on. This This clip. Now, I wanted to round off the whole marketing is everything take on, um, you know, uh, how how do I how do I put this in a way that the is has been is important, watched. right? Mm-hmm. The last eighteen months clearly have been unprecedented, right? And mm-hmm. we've obviously gone through a, a, a period of time where the globe has literally shifted on its axis. The only time it's probably done this before, arguably, was two thousand and eight during the last financial crisis, arguably before that was 2001, um, the 9-11. So, obviously, the um, last two years have been pretty much unprecedented. We've had a global pandemic to deal with. Now, when you think about marketing as being everything, if we can agree that politicians are fantastic marketers because they never, ever implicate themselves in anything they say or anything they do, right... What does it tell you when... Oh, you know what? Let me just play the clip. I'm going to play the clip, Joe, because I can't seem to articulate. I can't get the words out that I want to say. So I'm just going to play the clip. Let me just set out the premise. Uh, this clip is from uh, October the 29th, 2019. Uh, it's from the Milken Institute. Uh, and they were discussing the Future of Health Summit. And you've got the usual protagonists... Anthony Fauci, you know, WHO people, you've got, you know, Mm -hmm. journalists all on stage, and they're just holding a presentation. Anyway, let's just play this.
1: If the 2009 pandemic had been much more deadly, would that have ended up being a better thing for humanity? I mean, the sad truth is that when there's a major crisis, it focuses attention and usually resources and some
0: significant mobilization falls. So we really do have a problem of how the world perceives influenza and it's going to be very difficult to change that unless you do it from within and say, I don't care what your perception is, we're going to address the problem in a disruptive way. And in an iterative way, because you do need both. To make it sexy, I think we have to, I like the concept disrupting this field. There might be a need or even an urgent call for uh, an entity of excitement out there that's completely disruptive, that's not beholden to bureaucratic strings and and, and processes, but it is not too crazy to think that an outbreak of a novel avian virus could occur in in China somewhere. We could get the RNA sequence from that, beam it to a number of regional centers, if not local, if not even in your home at some point, and print those vaccines on a patch and self-administer.
1: We need, number one, this time to be different, and we also need to, to really organize ourselves in a way where there will
0: be accountability for sustained action and not just response. So, basically, that they were talking and discussing a universal flu vaccine in 2019. Now, I would argue to you, Joe Mehmet, this is preconditioning. All of these kind of events that happened in the build-up to COVID, this was all about marketing. This was all about setting the stall out. What we've got there, did you hear what they said, you know, about the flu vaccine? They essentially yeah. implied that the public aren't scared enough of the flu and how dangerous the flu is. So we well, need it- to do I- something to make the public scared of the flu.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm, obviously, I mean, I'm paraphrasing there. Anyone can read that yeah. exactly how they want. You know, I'll put the video up on the Salonomics chat so you can watch it for yourselves. But but like I say, I'm just a little bit... Uh, I mean, right. I get closure from this because I, I've been saying to you for, for 18 months this has been blown out of all proportion. Um... In other news, my sister has uh, the flu at the moment. She's got aches and pain. She's got all flu symptoms, but she's been told that she's got COVID nineteen. So if this isn't the obfuscation of flu and the common cold, the last eighteen months, what's happened? And if you don't think that this was pre planned, then you know. I I, you know. I I think I don't think it was pre planned. But I mean, I. I I, I I'm not
1: saying I know for a fact Rob but I do know right that sort of, sort of like scientists politicians organizations do get together and do a case scenario don't they you know like what well, there was a real war free what was this yeah they, they, they kind of reenact these case scenarios and how they'll be able to handle it and I kind of think that with with what you sort of listen to right they they, they actually saw like i'm not saying they, they perpetrated it or anything like that but they they discussed it and and with the with the uh, the social media the way people are this and that right it has it did get out of proportion to to where it became a pandemic to became hysteria and all that lot right because it, it and and they couldn't control it because the 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 media the the social media people right could just because one thing people can't understand is why people die suddenly, you know. What I mean, there's you know, people die from all sorts of elements Yeah, you know, you could be healthy next week, you drop dead. You could be, you know, do you know what I mean? There's, there's people die for a lot of reasons, but no one could understand the reasons because they would always say, But it was healthy, it was this, it was this. People just die, and I think from that point, right, and when people were dying from COVID or flu or cold or whatever, right, it, it, it just Became a mass hysteria people fear set in and once the fear set in the government took this as a, a they took advantage um, of the situation didn't completely it? so to, completely yeah to, so.
0: To, i mean boris created his winston churchill moment that obviously backfired on him royally um and i think all of the the politicians involved you know we said during last you know during some of our early early shows um how Chris Whitty and Valance, they they were high on their own supply. They were were infused by their newfound popularity and their importance in the social economic uh, hierarchy of the UK. Do you know what I mean? They were thrust Mm. into the spotlight and they were loving it. Um, So my under the bus has to be, um, you know, that, like I say, my under the bus has to be. Oh, I mean, I, who, 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 who should we blame here, Joe? Because, like I say, at the end of the day, there's a. I think there is a lot of. There's a lot of things. I, I that think. Have I think. You, I think you could put the think tank.
1: These people who actually sort of get together. They're a think tank, are not they? And they, they they come up with these case scenarios.
0: Well, you know, like so I say, they're... I think all of these institutions that have helped propagate the fear and and facilitate. You know, they're all represented on this stage by all of these people. Dr. Anthony Fauci is the main one, do you know what I mean? All right, so he's my under the bus, because he clearly is the ringleader in all of this. He's been involved at the top of American politics for over 40 years. He's in his 80s. Why the hell don't the guy retire? He must be a multi, multi, multi multi-millionaire. And yet there he is, on stage, orchestrating... The next stage of disruption. He's
1: what a bit. I mean, Donald Trump called about, didn't he? Yeah, but this is what I mean. You right. know, the, these and these it, people
0: it, are untouchable. So, like I say, there's this preconditioning going on. This is all marketing, and now we've got to a stage where, you know, the, those people that are accountable for destroying the economy over the last eighteen months. They can't even apologise for it. I heard politicians on Nick Ferrari this morning, mate. He just said, can't you apologise for some of the mistakes and the decisions you made that within no, hi- with no. hindsight, you know, uh, thousands of people have died because of action, well, direct with, actions. What, what did I you
1: tell put? you before, Aaron, right? This government, right, particularly Boris Johnson, he, he's completely messed the country up completely. But he would, also, but he would sort of say... But I saved lives. My actions... I know, saved I know, I know.
0: They'll square it in their own brain. But yeah, like I say, it's just yeah. not right. I just wanted to play that clip for everyone because I think it's an important clip. Um, I think it's something to think about as we go into the winter as well. So anyway, um, I need to wrap the show up, Joe Mehmet. Um It's been good getting those things off my chest. I feel better for it and I hope you do too. Oh,
1: listen, of I'm I'm glad um, you shared it with me and, and the audiences. Um, you know, because quite quite it's important. Um, yeah. yeah, unfortunately, my wife has been is pretty poorly as well, actually. So, for the last six days, I've been sleeping on the sofa. <laughs> no <laughs> but, way. Well, because well, oh, we've well, well, we got big well, enough house, well, Rob. Well, we... I only really got one bed. So so yeah, she's been really ill. Um, she hasn't had COVID because oh, she did a PCR test. Uh yeah. did, did a cl- lateral flow test, right? All negative. But she has got no sense of taste, no sense of smell. A coffee mm. yeah, but it's phlegm, but she's not, not coffee but more phlegmy, chesty like sure. type of thing. I yeah. so really, really bad. So she's so. got
0: the she's got the normal the normal coronavirus, which is the, the common cold, right? The, the, not the, the COVID nineteen exactly. which is no. the flu. No. No, she's right.
1: got she's got the uh, she, she, I mean she's can,
0: got... can we end this show on an agreement? that COVID-19 is a combination of cold and flu in one. Can we, can we agree? Well, do, we, do we think co- that's, co- that's yeah. true? Yeah,
1: of course.
0: I think where we are now, I think that's pretty much irrefutable now, isn't it? COVID-19 yeah, it is. is a combination of the common cold plus influenza
1: plus pneumonia <laughs> plus, 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 pneumonia, uh, plus <laughs> yeah.
0: hysteria as well plus yeah, exactly. um, psychosis as well exactly. all of those things, exactly. all um, of things. well let's hope right, they man. put as much energy into the impending obesity crisis um in the next couple of years joe memet
1: well I, listen i think they've got bigger issues to worry about then um, right now than all this because you know
0: Energy, mate. Listen, them try uh, to. Do energy, en- that's just another distraction. You think there's an energy crisis?
1: Yeah, I, I, oh, listen, all the prices are going up, mate. For what Price, reason? Of course. Yeah, because yeah, of inflation. Yeah, yeah what I mean? That's nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: because I mean, of inflation, Joe Memet. It's because uh, yeah. America printed three and a half trillion dollars in the last year. That's twenty percent of all money in circulation was printed last year. That's why prices are going up. It's nothing to do with supply yeah. and demand. So yeah. I'll speak e- to you exactly again. On the that average note, person I'm going to drop quality. that mic and um, okay. bid you farewell. Oh. Where can people find you, Joe?
1: On, on um, Telegram, on LinkedIn. Um, okay, oh, that's it. All yeah. right. you that's can it.
0: find us. Just type Salonomics into any search engine. Yeah. I believe and, you can find. And you will come up. If you want to follow Hello, me, mate. I'm on Twitter, Aaron Dawn Hare. If you want to make retail easy, go salon.uk. If you want uh, innovative solutions for your salon business in the 21st century, then check that out. Uh, also, I'll be at Salon International this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. I hope you can see us all there. Anyway, adios. Oh, look. Adios, amigos. See you later. Bye, Bye-bye, mate. Bye. Bye.